So this morning, uh, I want to share my my last message on the theme of love. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at being like God, and the theme of that message was that God is love. That's His essence, and therefore, when we practice the fruit of the Spirit, love, we are being like God. Then last week we talked about the power of love, and that mass message focused focused on how we are to use the love that God has given us. He has put it within our hearts. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is our choice to use it, and that when we use it, amazing things can happen. People can be changed, and because we all have free will, uh, sometimes the people that we express the love of God to, they are not changed because that's their choice. But when we express the love of God, when we use that ability that God has given to us, there's one thing that definitely will happen, and that is that we will be changed. And the more we practice love, the more it changes us. And hopefully at some point it becomes so natural we don't even think about it. It just becomes who we are. Now today we're going to look at an aspect of love that sometimes uh, we kind of dismiss because it, I don't know, it, it doesn't seem right sometimes. Uh, or it doesn't seem possible. And yet, when we look at the love that God displayed in Christ, we're confronted with a truth which we must, once again, as those created by God with free will, we must choose to act upon. So we're going to look at that this morning. And before we do that, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you once again this morning to consider your word and the great truth that you have given to us, even as Jesus spoke there in Matthew. Father, this is not easy for us, and yet it is necessary for us. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning, encourage us, motivate us, challenge us, help us to be the people who in fact love, regardless of who it is. And we ask it in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. His name was David. He was born May the 19th, 1931, in Hammond, Indiana. Now David kind of followed in the footsteps of his grandfather and his father and became a minister. He studied at uh, Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And after his ordination in 1952, uh, David uh, took a pulpit in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania, sort of in central Pennsylvania. And in 1958, during his ministry there, he had the opportunity to read an article in Life magazine. And the article was about a group of teenagers 
who were members of the Egyptian Dragons Gang in New York City. They were on trial for murder. Later, in an interview, David explained that the article impelled him to go to New York to try to help these gang members. In fact, he got there while the trial was going on. He went into to the courtroom in the midst of the trial, and he asked the judge if he could speak to the defendants about their salvation. The judge ejected him from the courtroom. But not long afterwards, David settled in New York and he began to work with the young addicts and the juvenile delinquents in Brooklyn. He started a church in Times Square, a church he called his place. And there he reached out with the love of God to the kinds of people that most churches look down upon judgmentally. In doing so, many, many hopeless young people were turned from the darkness of their lives, from the ugliness of their lives, to the Lord Jesus Christ. While he was ministering there in New York City, he started a program that he called Teen Challenge. And eventually, Teen Challenge centers were opened all across the country in a lot of the big cities where they had problems like this. Large cities where young men and women were lost in drugs, prostitution, crime. He eventually wrote a book about what God did in the streets of New York City. And the book was entitled The Cross and the Switchblade. They, they even made a movie about it. His name was David. David Wilkerson. At the age of 79 in 2011, he was killed in a car wreck down in Texas. But David Wilkerson's ministry, Teen Challenge, is still reaching out to troubled teens. Reaching out to the unlovely and they're being changed. So here then is the truth we're going to consider in this message today. We are to love the unlovely with the love of God. Because my friends, such were we before the love of God reached into our hearts and changed us. Now, my approach this morning is going to be a little different. Uh, usually in my messages, I sort of have an outline with two or three or four points that I expand upon. But this morning, I simply want to tell you some stories and then offer some observations. Here's my first story. He was religious. 
In his circle, he was the cream of the crop. He knew all the rules by heart. And he kept all the rules. And he was proud of it. He was the epitome of religious arrogance. Now, both, most dared not oppose him in what he stood for, but there were some who did. They were followers of another who was thought to be a pseudo-prophet, another false teacher. And his followers, well, they just couldn't be tolerated. And so he set out to destroy them. He hunted them down. Now, he would not do the dirty deed himself, but he would stand to the side and hold the coats of those who did and applaud the death he oversaw. He was religious. He was self-righteous. He was doing what had to be done to preserve his self-righteousness. To those of the way, the followers of the teacher, he was a demon. He was anathema to all they believed. He was a murderer, a hater of what was good and right and just. He was to be avoided at all costs. He was the epitome of all that is ugly about sin. He was a killer of those who dared to follow Jesus. His name was Saul, Saul of Tarsus, the enemy of God. But observe, Saul, the enemy of God, the killer of Christians, so sure in his own mind of his goodness, so blinded by his self-righteousness. He did not see the ugliness in his heart. He did not see the depths of his sin. He was lost in sin's darkness. He knew only hate. He did not understand that his hate was actually destroying him. But then it happened. It was just another day in his life. Another day where he was lost in a dark reality of his own making. Another day that he was doing the only thing he knew to do. He was living a false sense of well-being that depended on his doing what he had programmed himself to do. But on this day, on this day, everything would change. The darkness of his light would be overcome by light. A light so bright that it literally blinded him. It blinded him to all he thought was right and instead opened his eyes to what was truly right. 
his self-made reality was washed away by the true reality. He had struck down others with his hate. But on this day, he was struck down by something more powerful than hate. Something that washed away the darkness of his heart. On this day, the ugliness, the hate, the world he had created for himself was changed changed forever on this day something touched his heart it was something more powerful than anything he had ever imagined it overcame all his hate all his self-righteousness it washed away the ugliness and brought something beautiful on this day the love of God flooded Saul's life and he was changed. He even changed his name. Now he became Paul, the Apostle Paul. And filled now with the love of God, he turned the world upside down. And still today, his words from God move in our hearts. And those who will hear and are turned to the one whose love can change them forever, they too know that love. The love of God looked past the ugliness of Saul's life and saw his beautiful creation. God looked past the ugliness of Saul's life and saw his beautiful creation. His child, the one for whom he died. Here's my second story. He was a teenager, not unlike so many others, searching, not knowing he was searching. In a world that didn't seem to care, he sought something. He didn't know what, but he needed something, something that would give him a feeling, a, a good feeling. He wanted to be alive. He wanted to be filled with feelings that lifted him out of the emptiness he saw all around him. He searched, and they found him. They had what he was looking for. It would lift him up. It would bring him a, <clears throat> a sense of well-being. It would create a world for him, a world where he could stand tall and look down on everything that rattled around meaninglessly in the rest of the world. He took what they offered, and a whole new world 
was his. But he didn't know what kind of world he was creating. He didn't know it would consume him, overcome him. He didn't know it would bury him in its empty reality. He didn't know it would steal his life and hold it hostage. And now he would do almost anything to maintain the feeling that world offered in bits and pieces. He did things he never dreamed he would do. He needed those bits and pieces to keep lifting him up out of the darkness that so quickly and consistently swallowed him until he got another bit or piece. He was just a teenager when someone else found him. Someone who offered another way. Someone who genuinely cared. They said, come with us. And they took him to a place like no place he'd ever been. There were others there, not unlike himself. They knew his world, but they had found another world and they offered it to him. And what they offered him changed his life completely. His old self was overcome with something so amazing, so wonderful, and it wasn't in bits and pieces. It was whole. It was complete, totally full of life, totally full of meaning, totally full of purpose. You see, they brought him to a place called Teen Challenge. And there, he was overcome by the love of God. It wasn't shouted down at him from a pulpit, but it was lived out heart to heart with him as he experienced for the first time in his life pure love, the love of God. His name was also David. David Walton. Love, God's love saved him from the darkness of his own making. And stepping out of that darkness, he met Crystal. And they fell in love. And now David is my son-in-law. And I love him. For loving God, 
and for loving my daughter. And it was the love of God shared by people who looked beyond David's ugly life. People who, like Jesus, loved the unlovely and saw in them the beauty of our Lord. People who sang this song with their lives. I love you with the love of my Lord. I love you with the love of my Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King. And I love you with the love of my Lord. There's another story, and it's still being written. And it is the story of you and me. It is the story of God's speaking to us through his word, calling us to step away from our judgment, to step away from our right self-righteousness, to step away from the comfort of Sunday morning, to step away from the ease of songs and Bible knowledge, and to start living that Bible knowledge. Start being Jesus to everyone. calling us to love the unlovely, to see the beauty of Jesus in them. For you see, that was what Jesus saw in us. That's what he saw in me. Yes, he saw the darkness. He saw the ugliness of sin. And seeing it, he spread his arms on the cross and he took us in. And now he calls for us to love the unlovely with the love of God. He calls us to sing with our lives. I love you with the love of my Lord. I love you with the love of my Lord. I can see in you the beauty of my King. And I love you with the love of my Lord. God in heaven, Help us to see the unlovely, but to see beyond the ugliness and to see the beauty, your creation, your child. Help us to love them, Father, the way you have loved us.
Help us, Father. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Our song of dedication, Love Through Me.